0: Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, you've been expecting it. It's Max Fun Drive. Speaking of expecting, we talked to Heidi Murkoff about what to expect when you are expecting. Plus, Max Fun Drive.
1: Woo! Ooh,
2: this is a check-in. La, 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 la. I just dropped off <laughs> my three-year-old at daycare and my six-year-old at her March break camp. All in one go. And now I'm going to go get some fast food breakfast for me and my partner <laughs> to eat at home while we work. And... It's a pretty good day. My older kid is really nervous about day camp because she hasn't done it since the summer. And so she's nervous about making a new friend and being around all these kids she doesn't know, but we talked through it and I think I think she's gonna have an okay day. So that's where we're at. It's March break. I have one drop off in the morning for the week, <sighs> one pickup in the evening, and that's kind of nice. Thanks for the show, guys.
0: Thank you. You were doing a great job. You know what this reminds me of, the fact that we have zero control about what happens to our children, really, in terms of their emotional growth when they go out in the world. So what I want to say is good job recognizing what you do have control over, which is just saying to yourself, I bet they're going to have a good time. I'm going to go with, this is going to be good. And in the meantime, celebrate one smooth drop-off and something delicious while my partner and I work. I think you are doing a really good job and I appreciate this check-in. You know what I also appreciate? It's Max Fun Drive. What does that mean? Well, many of you know, so buckle up. Max Fun Drive is two weeks of celebrating how you, yes, you make one bad mother and the other shows at Max Fun happen. So to recap, One Bad Mother is listener supported. Your support makes it. So I can commit to making this show every week and the show has been happening for 10 years now. This is Max Fun drive 10 baby for us and you made that possible. Your support also makes Gabe possible. Sort of like, you know, that scene in the like uh, Peter Pan, where if you believe, if you believe, baby your hands Well, your support is like clapping hands, and it has made Gabe magically appear, and it is so nice. And your support helps with all the different aspects of the show, including the hotline. You can become a supporter anytime, but during the drive, there are special challenges, fun rewards, cool events, and more. So this year's drive is one of the most important for the show. Okay, just buckle up. Just listen. Here we go. We're going in. Why is it so important, Biz? Well, when you become a new member or upgrade your membership or even bump your current support, you are sending me a message. You are telling me, and you're also sending a message to Max Fun that One Bad Mother still has value and that you want us to find new ways for the show to grow. If this show has made you feel less alone, consider joining right now. If one bed mother has gotten you through the forest or this pandemic, please consider joining right now. (laughs) If the hotline has given you a place to put your breakdowns, (laughs) or if the show has helped you view yourself and those around you in a more empathetic or supportive way, show us that you want the show to continue by right now, right now going to MaximumFun.org slash join. Right now, 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 you have kids in your house, so you might not ever get another chance. I'm just going to say, if we reach our goal, I am going to get a new tattoo that has to do with one bad mother. So stick around for more details about that. So become a new member, upgrade your membership, or boost your membership by a dollar or two right now at maximumfundorg join. Thank you. I'm not even going to do our normal big thank you segment because today it's all about me thanking you and your support. Speaking of reflecting on how I view others, I think I made a nod to that earlier. I had the most amazing conversation with Heidi Murkoff, who wrote What to Expect When You're Expecting.
3: Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother,
0: you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional
3: parenting advice.
0: Ms. and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, I am so excited. We are going to be talking to Heidi Murkoff who is the author of the What to Expect When You Are Expecting series of pregnancy guides. She's also the creator of whattoexpect.com and founder of the What to Expect Foundation. Time Magazine named Murkoff one of the 100 most influential people in the world for 2011. And in 2005, she was inducted into the Books for a Better Life Hall of Fame. She has been honored by Smithsonian Associates with the prestigious John P. McCovern Award, which recognizes contributions to American families. Gee, guys, all I ever did was make a baby. Welcome! (laughs) I did that, too. I did it twice. You did did it twice. twice. You did it twice. But before we get into all of that, I would love to ask you what we ask all of our guests, which is who lives in your house? Well,
4: I assume he's still breathing. I have a (laughs) 19 and a half year old Chihuahua named Harry. (laughs) He's currently sleeping most likely under the covers in our bed. And then I have Eric, who is my partner in everything. All the good (laughs) stuff, all the boring stuff, everything. Yeah. He's my baby daddy, actually. Not... (laughs) Coincidental to this conversation, <laughs> we owe everything what to expect to Eric because he got me knocked up. Oh. However, the, the pivotal one was the first <laughs> one because, yeah, I had to run out and write a pregnancy book because there weren't any, and that's how what to expect was born. Well, that knocks out that first question. Well, <laughs> I, I can go in well, into more over. It was very much an oops kind of pregnancy because we had just gotten married and we were Yeah. I'll tell you actually I was drinking a beer not during conception but although I might have been <laughs> Maybe. And it tasted really <laughs> bad and I had no idea why. That's how <laughs> little I knew at Battle the to time. It. I was really the definition of clueless when it came to well pretty much I was barely an adult. <laughs> and I was a mom on a mission. I had, you know, 2 hours before I went into labor with Emma. And that's a true story. You can't make that <laughs> shit up. Yeah. <laughs> I, I delivered the proposal for what to expect when you're expecting.
0: Okay. All right. This is going to be fun. Okay. One, we sh- you should have named the book, Why Does My Beer Taste Funny? Okay. <laughs> and then two. There's a chapter. Okay. You are writing. Oh, I know. You are writing a what to expect when you're expecting, because it's not a... What to expect after—that's a different thing. What to expect when you're expecting, and you've yet to—I mean, dare I say—you were a bit of a novice.
4: And then, yeah, things got took a turn for the worse when I they handed me a baby. Yeah. But what I did know, and the only thing I did know, was that I had hundreds of questions and thousands of worries, and I I couldn't sleep at night because everything was keeping me up not just my belly, but the fact that I didn't have answers to my questions. Remember, there was no such thing as the internet. That's probably a mixed blessing that we have it. Yeah. I would say, but at the same time, uh, we were the first in our group of friends to have a baby by a long shot. So I didn't have, you know, now if you need sisterhood and community, you just go on the What to Expect app, you've got, you got enough time on your hands, you can make 20 million friends, right? (laughs) All going through the same experience at the same time. I wish I had had that, but I didn't. And as a result, I just, I just was determined that nobody stay up all night worrying about their pregnancy if I could do something about it. And, And literally that's why I did what I did.
0: All right. I have two questions spawning out of this. One, so you've written the book. Yes. Hopefully it answered all the things you needed to know beforehand and made you feel, did it make you feel less anxious when you were gathering the data? Because I, I mean, everybody's read your book. Any of us who might be prone to uh, anxiety, anxiety. Like, it's like, okay, great. All these things could happen. Funny story. Yeah, tell me this. We're going to have to just delve right into... Yeah, so the first...
4: Now, what to expect has evolved... What to expect when you're expecting has evolved a lot,
0: you mean? Oh, I can't wait. I got that question coming too, okay? So let's just... But
4: the first edition of the first book was very, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. And then people started... You know those things, they like. They had stamps on them? They were, oh,
0: letters. Like, letters. Mail, right.
4: yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I would start getting letters saying, you know, this is great, but you didn't mention this. This happened to me. And I, you, I looked it up and it wasn't in your book. And I was like, yeah. hmm. So following that, more of that stuff became incorporated into the book. Sure. Then I started getting the letters, you know, you're scaring the shit you're out of me. You're scaring
0: the shit out of me,
4: right. So- <laughs> Okay,
0: back to work. (laughs) You are the only person who can speak to pregnancy, Heidi. I am sorry to tell you this, but you are it. That's it.
4: So, but really, (laughs) you your best source of your best resource is going to be other moms and dads who read the book and say, "Wait, but you know, I need this." And so that's why it has to keep evolving. I don't get those letters you call them? Letters?
0: Oh, you probably get much worse on
4: things no, to the internet now. I get no, a lot The worse. internet is not we a healthy talk, place. <laughs> we can talk about those later, but, um, <laughs> but the point being, then I started putting the stuff that could happen, but probably won't happen in the back of the book, mm. so that if you did have a complicated pregnancy, you could go to the back of the book. You can't stop people from looking where they're not supposed to look, Sure. But I, you know, have copious caveats about it. Like if you're,
0: <laughs> with a, you're getting closer, you're
4: getting or, closer. Don't flip the page. Don't look, don't look. But, it, you know, it's true that things can go wrong. And if you they do go wrong, you want someone, first of all, to help you, you know, to speak to your concerns and also encourage you to get the medical attention right. that you need rather than saying, oh, everything's, you know, part of the whole lesson, I think, of, of this is that you don't know everything about pregnancy. Nobody does. But if you do one thing, trust your gut. And I don't mean that protruding yeah. that. I mean, trust your mom gut. Yeah. Because often, you know, you have a symptom and you're, you know, and the doctor's saying, eh, it's just part of the pregnancy package. But you have a sense that it isn't. You have the sense that something isn't quite right. And too easily doctors, nurses, midwives might dismiss something that you're feeling. This is especially true if you are a woman of color.
0: Color, I know. It's awareness this week. It's the maternal awareness week. And that's, that's critically
4: important that and I think that was part of you know, something that what to expect to help change is is making women more empowered, making them participants in their healthcare. Funny story, another, I'm full of funny stories, but the first <laughs> time I went to ACOG, which is American College of Lands, was, I don't know, a million years ago. And by the way, all the doctors were older white men. White men. Not mm-hmm. that there's anything wrong with that. No, but. but. But, so we were, my publisher was giving out copies of what to expect to all the doctors who were attending. And I literally heard two older Gentlemen walking by saying, Hmm, huh, what do women know about pregnancy?" Oh, I gotta draw my hair out!
0: Ah! No. <laughs> <laughs> FYI, that's still happening.
4: But it's still I- happening, <laughs> and it, again, it's still happening more with women of color. Yes, exactly. And and women who are not in, empowered by knowledge. You know, that's where a resource like What to Expect comes in. Is because you need you don't know what you don't know and you need to be empowered with that knowledge. Knowledge is power. It's especially empowering when you're pregnant. Yeah. So first you got to get that information, then you got to trust your gut and you have to speak up and then others have to hear you. That's a great CDC campaign, hashtag hear her because yeah. too often nobody does listen. There's been a transformation in many ways in how in the pregnancy experience, that's just one of them where we have become, you know, we're not driving the car by ourselves because that would be not the smartest thing you could do, but we are <laughs> driving it together with our provider. That's key.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, hey, thank you for saying all of that because I just want to acknowledge that knowledge can cause anxiety, but Knowledge can also give us language and autonomy to bring those things up, which is very powerful. Yes. There have been several editions. Yes. Because a book like this changes. What has changed? And over the years, witnessing these changes, how has it affected your view of how we society views pregnancy?
4: Oh, well, first of all, when I was pregnant for the first time, all you have to do is look at the first cover of the first edition. Please don't do that. Please Ah. don't do that because you won't be able to unsee it. But it's a woman in a rocking chair in like a moo. Oh, yeah. Like a polyester pup tent. You could sleep a family of four under and she looks, quite frankly, you know, I used to kid myself, oh, she's got kind of like that Mona Lisa, you know, uh, <laughs> contemplative, like, <laughs> smile. But in fact, she looks pissed. Yeah, which I think is appropriate. Yes, <laughs> she's miserable. And, and that was a moment in time when we didn't celebrate pregnancy. When I was pregnant, I remember one time I, first of all, don't even get me started on the maternity jeans I owned. Yeah. They would make mom jeans look like the coolest thing in history. <laughs> but I once wore a bathing suit to my in-laws community pool and it was just a stretchy yeah. head bathing suit. And of course my bump was yes. showing Yes, and people looked at me like I was naked, yeah. like I was doing something offensive and obscene. Because I was showing my bump. And then Demi Moore came along oh, and nude yeah. on the cover. And the transformation of how we look at pregnancy. And now you see my daughter on the cover of the fifth edition. And she, when she was pregnant with Lennox, and she's holding her belly and proud of her belly. And she's wearing tight clothes and celebrating the fact that she's pregnant. Now, there's lots of things about pregnancy that you don't want to celebrate that are super not fun. Sure. And in fact, none of those have changed. So you want to talk about things that haven't changed, floated yeah. <laughs> and queasy and constipated and right. swings, and you know, you, you hate everybody around you, and all of those things. You've got backache and sciatica, your <laughs> boobs hurt, everything. So those things haven't changed, but so many things have changed. And I think many of them in a really positive way we have access to more information we're more empowered we take our you know our healthcare seriously and we're not no longer just sitting on the sideline with you know the doctor saying oh don't worry yeah. don't worry dear i'm going to take this pregnancy from here you just <laughs> sit there and look pregnant
0: I We don't do that anymore. So we're slowly becoming an evolved society that takes yeah. women. I mean, because when we say pregnancy, totally. we're totally talking about women as well, or those who identify as women or those who are, they may not identify as women, but they are carrying. Right. Exactly. And so like it's being
4: pregnant. By the way, becoming a mom, which, you know, or a dad. You know, yeah. I feel like dads are, we're afraid to say that word anymore, I think, because there's so many, so it could be a partner. That's fine. Great. No, no, no. Um, but like
0: dads also get the shit of the stick all the time with that label.
4: And yeah. there's dad bashing. I, I oh, think yeah. it's so important to see this as a partnership, no matter what your partner is. Yes. It doesn't matter, you know, and then you go into non bursing partner, whatever. All I want to say is that I feel it's important if there are two people involved in the process, that they are both active participants and that we encourage that and we don't sideline fathers or others because they don't have a uterus. It's not. Oh
0: yeah. No, well, I got to tell you, one of the most helpful things was just passing the book over to my husband, Stefan, and being like, I need you to read it so that you know what's happening. That's right these organs are somewhere else now. They're literally not where they once were. They have been relocated. They have been relocated. And it's all going to go back, but probably not in the same place. Now, when it comes to some of that, I want to ask, and maybe this goes nowhere, but my kids are four years apart. And when I was first pregnant, it was no peanut butter. And then it was, within four years, within four years, it was like, A little peanut butter, and now a lot of peanut butter. Yeah, my mother like fed me chicken like like (laughs) like six months or something. So it so one of the things I take away from that is sometimes things change. Things are very fluid when it comes to. So were there any of those in the process of these different additions that you were like really? are we really changing this one again? Like, do you have any favorites?
4: Well, the peanut butter is a really good example because for a long time, as you said, the experts worried that eating peanut butter would cause a peanut allergy. So the whole thing was no peanuts for your little peanut. Now we know that in fact, desensitizing even for a, a baby So now at at six months, you're supposed to introduce highly allergenic foods unless there's a serious reason not to, such as maybe you had severe food allergies as a child, but it's all about desensitizing by through exposure. And that doesn't mean, you know, you have to eat a jar of peanut butter. And by the way, little known fact, the one thing you cannot perform a Heimlich maneuver for is peanut butter. You cannot stop choking in the process if it is globs of peanut butter it dislodges <laughs> and you can't dislodge it so do not eat I can't tell you how many times I've brought this up with moms I know you want to take a spoon to that jar of Skippy. <gasps>
0: step away from the jar
4: with the spoon do not eat very tiny
0: spoon. spoon little spoon or a finger or spread it on bread <laughs> even better <laughs> oh my so, God. I've never thought
4: about that great great it's true. It's true. With a steak, you can dislodge yeah. it you're alone. You could do it yourself. Yeah, you but the peanut the table, butter, but not with peanut butter. So mm-hmm. don't make that mistake. Anyway, Please. I digress as usual. Yes. Things like weight gain, That's the time. Yeah, a lot. Because when my mother was pregnant, they were and when Eric's mother was pregnant, they were told to gain 10, 15 pounds tops. And of course, they were smoking all the time. So that all was right. Woo! Time. Yeah. There's so many of those things have changed. And then it became like gain as much as you want. And then doctors started saying, you know, but it does, it it does put you at higher risk for gestational diabetes and other complications that could impact not only your health during pregnancy, but your child's future health if you do that. So it's like everything's very fluid, as you said, you know, the amount of coffee you can drink.
0: Right. Yeah. What about
4: alcohol, you know, but those things have pretty much been stable of late, but episiotomies, for instance, we all have episiotomies, like you had to, like there was no question. And after three and a half hours of trying to push MS out, I was like, bring it on, bring it on. And I was unmedicated. That's another thing that has changed because granola crunchy times, right? I was never offered, and
0: (laughs) Darola was not even on the menu. I was like, shoot me like a deer running away from a group of hunters. I just, right in the back. And and like I said, and as we've discussed on the show, what's nice is that the more we talk about our experiences and the more we talk about normalizing pregnancy, we are normalizing choices. with choices...
4: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Should we even just trust experts anymore? <laughs> um, well, that I, word expert is, I like that. I'm like, oh, are you? <laughs> no, except that, yeah, in, kind of in this day,
4: particularly oh. with all of the vaccine misinformation and anti science information, uh-huh. I think it's kind of more important than ever to trust the right experts. Now, that doesn't mean that. Anyone knows your body better than you do. Correct. No, that does not. But it does mean that somebody went to a lot of years of medical school, and then more training, and then more training, to be, you know, an expert in epidemiology or an expert in vaccine science. So that you need to have a certain degree, and those things are fluid as well. Like right. you don't, we didn't know what we didn't know about COVID. Exactly. Experts did not know, but they had to find out. And the best way to find out is through science, right? not through, you know, your cousin in wherever. Like, it's just <laughs> that's not the best idea.
0: Well, and that's true for, I think, so many things related to pregnancy and bodies in terms of reaching out and asking or being given a resource with language just because Grandma and and yeah. you know Lucy pee when they sneeze because that's just how it is doesn't mean that that's how it has to be like that we're all just stuck being depressed or we're all stuck being no, right
4: no, no 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 oh my god and that's another incredibly important issue the peeing when you're sneezing a go see a pelvic floor therapist right. right away during pregnancy that's critical. But then in terms of mental health, and we're coming up on Maternal Mental Health Week, first week in May, and that is something that was always swept under the carpet. Nobody wanted to talk about it. And still, to be honest, in many moms who I meet, and I meet because I meet a lot of military moms, especially who feel like it's not enough just to be mom strong. You have, if you're in the military, you have to be Mom's strong, but you also have to be strong for your family. You're, right. You have to be strong for your country. That's like out of, you don't have, that's a lot I mean, of pressure. It's a lot of pressure. And sometimes being strong means asking for help. For help. And mm-hmm. what you're saying is normalizing. It's not normal to have postpartum depression, it's treatable. So yeah. you shouldn't accept it as something that just comes with a pregnancy package, like stretch mark. Right. You know, that comes with the package. You can't really prevent them. Thank you, mom, if they happen to you because it's genetics. But you can treat any pregnancy or postpartum mood disorder. And we all need to be very, very open about our experiences so that we can help other moms.
0: That's right. We all know mama's on the meds and in therapy every week. For those who need it, and I think, A
4: pregnant woman's first instinct is to toss her her antidepressants when she becomes pregnant. Wrong thing to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the right thing to do is call your doctor and make sure you're taking meds that are pregnancy or breastfeeding appropriate, depending.
0: Okay. I want to wrap up on some of the advocacy and how this book, starting something like this, has impacted your social advocacy, but I have to ask first, is this what you wanted to be when you grew up? Were you like on your way to like be a roadie? And then you were like, I'll write this book. I
4: I was actually, I was writing (laughs) advertising for the five minutes that I was an adult. And nice. so that's where my my lines come from. It's just yeah. I think in hashtags now. Thank God hashtags happen because yeah. that's my jam. <laughs> they used to be headlines now. They're hashtags anyway. And then Eric coming knocked top. We know that already. Yep. But when I was a little girl, I wanted to be like Barbara Walters. I wanted to interview people and and yeah. be a journalist, but.
0: Okay, I just had to ask that out of everything I mean,
4: else. I'm like, oh, yes. when I grow up, I want to write what to expect when you're expecting. <laughs> By the way, I didn't even come up with a title. That was all my editor. I will never <laughs> take credit for anything I didn't do.
0: <laughs> all right, so now let's do take a little credit. Let's now talk a little bit about, you have been involved in this now for since 1984. Lots of things have changed. Lots of things have shifted Talk to us about the advocacy that has come out of this and where people can go for help. Well, first of all,
4: my epiphany moment was when I went to Rikers Island prison to give a talk to pregnant inmates. And I realized immediately that these women were not, they were pregnant in prison, but they wanted the best for their babies, just like I did. So that was the moment when I realized that every mom deserves that knowledge, that empowerment, that empathy and reassurance. So we started the What to Expect, it was then called the What to Expect Foundation, now called the What to Expect Project. And our first project within that was to write a book that was at a lower literacy level that was beautiful, but that was free. And that was given out to moms so that every mom could have that information. But since then, Oh, we have so many initiatives. I work with the USO and a partnership. We've done baby showers since 2013, probably tens and tens of thousands of of expecting military moms and spouses. We just got back from Europe. So many moms based there are so isolated, especially because their partners are deployed, whether they're active duty or not, the partners are deployed and they are alone. I mean, moms in Korea and Japan have been on lockdown for two years. They haven't seen their family. It's just very isolated life and a very hard life. I don't think those moms get enough credit or attention. So I've been doing advocacy around military families. We do advocacy around maternal health. July 20th is our eighth, I think eighth annual bump day, which is an annual day to celebrate beautiful bumps and healthy pregnancies, but also to call attention to the fact that we have the highest maternal mortality in the developed world. This wealthy country does not take care of its moms and babies. So with black moms, three times more likely to die as a consequence of neglectful care, essentially. And most of those are preventable. So that's an important day coming up we have a lot of initiatives going on in terms of doulas because doulas I feel are the missing link in maternal health care.
0: Yeah. I'm just listening to a NPR show where they were talking specifically about how having doulas as part of your process Mm -hmm. decreases the chance for infant or maternal mortality. Yeah. And we've talked on the show, I mean, just talking about evolution, when we started this show 10 years ago, like my co-host was very into the doula experience. And I was like, you know, what? That's so weird. And now I'm like, oh my God, why was I walking through? Well, I know why I was walking through life with that kind of lens because I didn't grow up around people talking about
4: it. I've actually had doulas, big section on doulas and and what to expect when you're expecting for well over a decade. Yeah. Because I do feel, especially for moms who aren't listened to, yeah. they are an advocate. And I hear horror stories. We're not talking about women who are not educated. We're talking about women who just plain are not listened to. Yeah. And, you know, they say I have a headache and they're ignored, even though they have postpartum preeclampsia, you know, until things get really serious or I feel dizzy or I feel my heart's pounding really fast, or I feel, you know, the swelling isn't normal and people don't listen. That's where an advocate like a doula comes in. And by the way, your chances, not only you lower your risk for C-section, other medical interventions, but also your risk of postpartum anxiety disorder and depression.
0: Yeah, Like this is powerful. Because somebody was listening to you while you were pregnant. That makes so much sense. And when you
4: were in birth and was there for you during, doctors come and go, nurses yeah. come and go, a doula is by your side during the entire birth process. That's powerful.
0: Yeah, that actually makes it. So remarkable. we should
4: have doulas. We got a, a piece of legislation passed that was doulas under TRICARE for military moms, but it should be covered under Medicaid so that every mom, because you know it's fairly
0: inexpensive, but- not something
4: everyone can afford. Let's make it free.
0: Well, Heidi, you know what? This has been really fun. This is a fun one because you are, like the book is such a presence out there in the world. And I know you know this, it can be something that becomes more of a symbol or target depending on Yes. <laughs> Depending on the day God, yeah. and where somebody needs to focus some anger, it's just such a great reminder to meet the people who create the works because there is no question in my mind, not that I had any right to have any questions in my mind, but no question yeah. in my mind that you are advocating and have always been advocating for pregnant people not just in the leading up to the pregnancy, during the pregnancy and the post-pregnancy. And I am glad you did not go into advertising and that you instead (laughs) went into this. And I appreciate allowing your work to evolve. And for your next edition, I would like to recommend the thing that we mention on this show a lot. And that is, you should expect that a baby's going to poop in your bathtub. And that you will get into that bathtub later yourself. Oh, that's the least of it, honey. And Emma would not push correctly during
4: delivery. She was pushing entirely with her face because she didn't want to poop. Poop. I'm like, honey, you're going to poop. Her husband, I'm like, are you serious? If you don't push like you're pooping, you will get nowhere. And in fact, she got nowhere. So I'm just saying you will poop when yeah. you're your baby, your baby will poop everywhere. And I poop feel is like Eric always took care of the poop. I always did the puke, division yep. of labor. And blood was definitely right. department. Anyway. Yeah.
0: We were always the, I'm in charge of what goes in. You're in charge of what goes out. Goes out. Yeah. Fair. All right. Heidi, again, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to make sure that we link everyone up to all of the foundational and advocacy work that you are doing and how people can get involved, as well as to just all of the different things that what to expect when you're expecting has led to.
4: Well, I I would say everybody posts a bump past or present on bump day, July 20th, or a bump you love.
0: It's your mom's bump. That's a wonderful idea. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's Max Fun Drive. It's Max Fun Drive. It's Max Fun Drive. This is the time to support one bad mother and Max Fun. Right now, you can go to maximumfun.org/slash/join and become a new member right now. maximumfun.org/slash/join. You can become a new member. You can upgrade, and you can boost your current membership. MaximumFun.org slash join right now. Don't wait. You're not going to have another time today to do it. So just do it, like, right now. Do it right now, and then get on social media and say, Biz, I did it! And then I will honk, because you're doing it. Thank you. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. I will. (laughs) Easter happened. At the end of the whole Easter experience, it was like my parents, who now live here, uh, were here. Uh, My sister and brother-in-law were here. My brother-in-law's... Cousin Jim, possibly a cousin, but we just, you know, call everybody a cousin. And Stefan's parents were all here and we were all on the porch because we have a porch. The only reason we have this house is we wanted that porch. Everybody sitting on the porch having a wonderful time. And that night I was tucking Ellis in and I said, you know, even before I had kids, when it was just me and your papa, I had this vision of kids running around and, like, the family being together and talking and laughing and sharing food and music, and today, I got to have that. Today, that, that finally happened, and to me, that's a genius that eventually things came to pass that I'd always wanted, and realizing... That it was something really awesome, I think, is a genius. So there you go.
1: Hi, I am calling in with a genius. So you know how your kid loves the food, and so you buy a lot of it, and then your kid doesn't (laughs) love that food anymore automatically? Yes. That is how it has been with oranges in our house. And I happened to get a bag of oranges on grocery pickup that had Paw Patrol characters on the bag which is huge in our house. But, of course, the oranges don't have Paw Patrol characters on them, which is what my three-year-old assumed and was very disappointed that the oranges Mm -hmm. themselves were not Paw Patrol. Mm -hmm. But when I was packing her lunch the next morning, I remembered that we have Paw Patrol temporary tattoos from the dollar store. And so I cut one out, and I put it on the orange, and it worked perfectly. You can put temporary tattoos, On oranges. And I assume bananas. I don't know. I haven't tried other peelable fruits. But we have been putting (laughs) temporary tattoos on oranges the last couple days. And my kid has been eating oranges. Genius. You're all doing a good job. Bye. This is so
0: good. This is so genius. Yes, there is a genius in the initial choice of putting the Paw Patrol tattoos on but I can see this evolving into like like now I kind of want to go out and just find like weird and strange temporary tattoos that are like you're doing it or like bananas are naked under here right like whatever you know those are really popular temporary tattoos But you know what I'm saying? Like there might be a day when they're in high school or middle school and they just need a little extra, extra. And you should never tell them it's a tattoo. You should never tell them that. You should let them just think that you have the ability to find the coolest oranges or bananas at the grocery store. I love this. This is such a good idea. You are doing a great job. Failures. Fail Fail! You suck! Fail me me. OK. We can never remember where we hid at least one egg. Ever. Ever, ever. And I'm gonna let you guys just ponder that and what it will be like as the temperature begins to really warm here in sunny Southern California. I have a feeling we'll find the egg one day, but in the meantime, we don't know where it is.
2: <laughs> hey, Biz, this is a fail. Ah, so I, I, I joined an online mommy's group that is not an OBM group. I, I, I love my, my online OBM moms, but I needed to have some in-person moms because my husband and I need friends and we don't have... We don't have friends anymore. Uh, we, uh, whatever. It's long story, but we don't have friends. Uh, certainly no friends with kids, the people that we know with kids. We were just starting to try and hang out with, and then the pandemic happened, and everything is chaos. So we've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and my husband and I end up having prolonged and weird conversations with random people in the grocery store because we don't have friends. So I joined a mommy group. And I work, so I can't go to most of the meetups. And I was all excited about a pizza in the park thing. And I told my husband that it was going to be Friday at, at, at 4 o'clock. And I was going to pick up the kids early from daycare. I was going to quit working a little early. And we were going to go have pizza in the park. And we were so excited at the idea of me maybe making mommy friends and our kids having friends. And the, the possibility that we could have coupled friends that have kids, mm. the, like this is something that we have not yet experienced, and we were really excited. And then this morning I realized that it is not today. It is <gasps> April 29th. I have no idea why I thought it was <gasps> April 1st. I have no idea. I don't know if the date changed or if I, I – I don't know. I don't know, but it's not today. So it's another month from now, and I'm just sad. And so I just wanted to call and hear your voice because uh, my OBMs are really keeping me going, and they're amazing and wonderful, and you're wonderful, and I love you, and I'm just sad. So I love you. Ah. You're doing a really good job, and I am fucking everything up. Bye.
0: No, you are not fucking everything, uh, but you are sad. <laughs> of course you're sad. Of course you're sad. This is like the worst category of fails. The hopeful anticipation of something nice. We don't take a lot of risks sometimes. And then we, we see an opportunity. We decide we're going to try it. And we put all the emotion... It's not just the, like, scheduling effort and all that. There is an emotional effort that we are putting out there to make this happen. Expectations are being set. And when we realize that it is wrong, that is a punch in the gut, okay? I am... I am that... I'm just very sorry. That is a a fail. And I... (laughs) I see you. And you can never fail your One Bad Mother community, no matter how hard you try. Well, let's don't make that a challenge. I'm so sorry you're doing a horrible job.
1: (laughs) You are the
0: greatest mom I've ever known. One Bad Mother is supported in part by you. Did I mention it's Max Fun Drive? It's Max Fun Drive. Let's talk goals and gifts. One Bad Mother is hoping to hit our goal of new or upgrading or boosting members. Our goal is 500. We are hoping to get 500 new members, upgrading members, or boosting members. If you haven't become a member yet, maybe this is the year that you can. The very first membership level is just $5 a month. Can One Bad Mother be your Starbucks order once a month? <laughs> Plus, for $5, you get really like 10 years of bonus shows that only members get access to. That is a lot of listening. It is a lot Of content. A lot. If you're already a member, maybe this is the year that you can upgrade from like $5 to $10 a month. This year, MaxFun teamed up with a MaxFun fan, Merit Bondaroo from Frog and Toad Press, who designed a bunch of really cool, unique, embroidered patches. There's one for every show. And our show's patch is very reminiscent of an old school like heart tattoo, you know, with a banner that would say mom, but instead it says one bad mother. It's very hardcore. Plus, at that level, you get your own letterpress max fund membership card, ideal for flashing, should anyone doubt, your podcast bona fides. And of course, you get all the bonus content. You can also become a member at the $20 level or $35 level or higher each level offers a series of amazing gifts and you will know that you are making one bad mother happen now listen as i said we want to hit our goal of 500 and if we do i will get a one bad mother patch the one that they've made this year i will get that tattooed on my arm that is right This is my ultimate goal. Like, if we do this, I will... I mean, 10 years, this is a celebration of 10 max fund drives. This is a celebration of one bad mother. This is a celebration of permanently marring my skin forever. Like, making one bad mother more a part of me than I have ever made it before. So listen... Getting to that goal, everything counts towards it. New memberships count towards it. Upgrading memberships count towards it. Boosting counts towards it. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and over at Facebook and on Twitter. And we're going to be talking about all the other goals that we are setting and all the other goal prizes we are setting and other activities and events. It's just two weeks of really needing to be tuned in if you can. You guys are amazing. Now it is time to listen to a mom have a breakdown. Okay, this is a rant. I have a four and a half month old and
3: she's perfect. She's sitting right here next to me. And honestly, you might hear her start crying while uh, <laughs> I rant about this. But she she's so sweet all day long. Right now I'm staying home with her. I haven't gone back to work. And, you know, she started to get introduced to friends and family and all that kind of stuff. And I've noticed that I apologize for mm. my child. I say, I'm sorry when she cries, or I'm sorry if she doesn't like being held by another person.
1: Why do we do that?
3: Why? Why do we do that? Why do we apologize for our babies? Our babies are babies. They're going to cry. They're going to cry when someone else holds them that they've literally never seen in their entire life. They're going to cry at the store because they're just not feeling being at the store. And I just got back from Target. It was our first time going to Target. And she started crying in the checkout line, which is fine. She's a baby. And I turned to the person behind me, and I said, I'm sorry. And immediately when I did it, I thought to myself, why do I feel like I have to apologize for my child? She's a baby. We all just need to stop apologizing for our babies. I think that's the end of my rant. You guys are awesome. I've been binge listening since I started maternity leave. Um, <laughs> she just smiled at me. <laughs> I've been binge listening since I started maternity leave four and a half months ago. And it's, you know, the show's got me through all the things, the highs and the lows. And it's made me laugh and cry. And I just really appreciate you guys.
0: All right. Rant over. Oh, my God. You were doing such a great job. Why do we apologize? Well, one of the reasons is probably because people fucking hate kids. I, I, we live in a culture that's like, do you have kids? Oh, gross. Why would you bring them to a coffee shop? Why would you even leave your house? A plane? Babies don't have to get from A to B. That's crazy, right? Like, sometimes you apologize before anything even happens, right? You get on the plane. I, you know, I just want to, like, pre I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. There will be a smell that comes from our area. One of my kids might just vomit everywhere. And screaming, for sure, that's going to happen. And like, I'm with you. We got to stop it. Babies exist in the world. Kids exist in the world. They are loud. They're messy. Sometimes they are absolutely hilarious and amazing. But, you know, you're probably going to get your seat kicked in the back at least once. You're going to go to a restaurant where children are. And I think we have just been sort of programmed to consider our kids more inconveniences to others. I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I am happy to make a choice when I go out on my own or it's just me and Stefan. I am happy to request that I sit farther away from children <laughs> because. I know kids are going to be kids, and that is 100% fine, right? And then there are other days where I'll go into a place and I'll see kids and I want to go sit right next to them. But you are correct. Why are we apologizing? We should stop apologizing. This plays into so many of the different things that we beat ourselves up for and we judge ourselves for. And it just really brings home the idea that we need to stop feeling like shit. For being a parent, you're doing a really good job. And I really appreciate you bringing this question up. And it's gonna be a process that we, like many of us, will have to work through. But I think it's also really helpful for others to hear it because we can be more mindful of how we are responding and treating and, you know, reacting to people who have kids, right? Don't apologize. Just yell that at people. Don't apologize. I know what a kid is. (laughs) I've seen children before. I watched a TV show. You are doing a great job. Guys, you're all doing an amazing job. It's Max Fun Drive. It is never easy for me to ask for support. If you've listened to the show for a long time, you might have picked up on that asking for help, asking for support is something that i work on, getting better at doing. And i will readily admit that being part of this community has helped me get past some of those natural tendencies to not ask for help when it comes to many aspects of parenting. But for these 2 weeks during the Max Fund drive, this is where i am really coming to you and asking for your support. I love making this show. I love the community that has come out of this show. I love laughing with you guys. I love the calls. I love the genius moments and the fails and the rants. I'm very precious about them. I don't let anybody else help me with those because these are our stories that we're sharing with each other. And I I find great joy in doing this. And I would really be honored if I could continue doing this. And your support makes that happen. If you haven't become a member yet, today is a great day to do it. You can start as low as $5 a month. It really is a cup of coffee. And you're getting all this content, and I, I just, $5. It makes a huge difference in making this show. And it also makes this show free and available for people who this year might not be able to support it. And I really want to say that we have got one of the greatest communities of show supporters. I can't tell you how much I appreciate the support that has been shown. If this is a year where you can upgrade your membership, that would mean a tremendous amount. And they now have this cool thing called boosting. So let's say that you are a $10 a month supporter of the show. You can boost it for a dollar and become $11 a month. Like the boosting is so great. And all of those... Uh, different ways of supporting go towards us trying to make our goal of 500 new upgrading or boosting supporters. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Please make sure to be following social media. (laughs) This is the time of year I come back on social media, fall blast, because it's a fun way for us to connect and uh, you'll be up-to-date on all the cool things that we are planning for these two weeks, as well as how we're doing on trying to make our goal. So go to MaximumFun.org join right now. Support One Bad Mother. Support the podcast that Maximum Fun puts out. This is the time to do it. Lots of cool stuff happening. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You're doing an amazing job. And I will talk to you next week. Bye.
1: Got to low down mama blues, I got to slow down mama blues, got to slow down mama blue, slow down mama blue, gotta slow down mama blues, gotta low down mama blues, know that right.